Okay. Uh, as people are starting to come, let's get this party started. I am the from Dexy uh, Protocol DAO. We have with us Gaia and Seth, and in a second I'll introduce themselves. Today we're going to be speaking about reputation and appreciation, uh, topics that I find very interesting personally because, as we know, DAOs are wonderful, but uh, it's hard to understand uh, who is making what decisions and why and uh, and people are not really appreciated as much as it could be for when they do do good governance so really excited to talk about this uh, i would love to hear introductions seth uh well your mic's already on so go ahead and introduce yourself hey everyone um yeah my name is seth i have been making a living full-time in dow since 2018 uh, and the last three, four years, I've been mainly working on SourceCred, which is a decentralized reputation protocol. You could characterize it as that. Uh, and uh, I've just got some Gitcoin grant money to pursue some new ideas with that around place-based reputation, like physical spaces and digital spaces also. Uh, so excited about that and excited to be here. I'm so looking forward to hear about the place-based reputation set. And also congratulations with the Gitcoin grant. Um, I'm Gaia. I have worked in um, with decentralized technologies uh, since 2018. My last three years has been mostly on like internet native organizations slash DAOs. My focus areas mostly has been around DeFi, um, rewards and incentives in internet native organizations. And the third one is venture building, which means like new, new propositions, new ventures, new initiatives. And recently I'm blending all of these together and I created a new venture, Web2 style, uh, but Web3 ethos, bringing Web3 to the streets. Uh, building rewards uh, for deskless workers. So it would be people who might not even have heard about Web3 before, but doing and contributing to the organizations they work with. It's called, the new venture is called Tokens of Appreciation, in short, TOAP. Um, great to be here. So yeah, uh, first of all, love Gitcoin. So congrats that Seth, we have uh, been from Gitcoin as one of our uh, favorite guests and just personally contribute to Gitcoin, love Gitcoin, great mission. Uh, and both of you are working something really cool. So before we dive too deep into the general philosophical discussions about it, uh, reward, reputation, appreciation, I would love to hear more about both Pope and SourceCred. Um, maybe Gaius, um, tell us about um, token appreciation. How exactly does it work? What is it really? Uh, you know, open the curtain, lift the curtain a little bit. Of course. Um, so it started from like, when I started to work with DAOs and it's like, it, there was not much, like it was more, um, how to say, new. Um, it, it occurred like mostly from the newbies coming into like not really understanding and that's before like we are we are a bit more mature in DAOs right now but before that it was more around like 
how how do I get compensated? How, like what what my what does contribution mean? What I'm not a worker. What is the relationship? So it really pushed me towards like um, researching on rewards and incentives, and with to tokens of appreciation, um, it is it is not for DAOs, but it is like DAOs. Because um, I have always been not necessarily web two or web three, like a hybrid in between. It's always a third thing in between. And I've been thinking like the organization, um, there are in the existing organizations as well, like there are 80% of the workforce that will not ever touch a DAO, but still they don't have ownership. It's still like um, DAOist has a great liner, which says wherever you are, a guest, be a host, and it's still valid for this 80% of the workforce population in UK and globally as well. People contribute, but they don't necessarily take back. It's transactional. And top is like where the Web3 ethos and what I have researched and built in thousand internet native organizations being applied to the um, normal organizations as a normal um, nothing is normal about Web3, but like being very like traditional organizations. Um, a little bit about like we have to we have to make it scalable and sustainable, and hence uh, we had uh, um, cast our network a little bit tighter. Where it's for because um, there are several ways like. We contribute in several ways. We create value for an organization. But this one is specifically, we're starting with performance. Those people who go above, above and beyond, the people who show up. And whenever it is based on the metrics that are set, the goals that are set, that impact the company uh, objectives, they get tokens. Um but tokens are like these digital things, great. Like by them, they can mean several, several things. What a utility of the token is. Um, we are focusing specifically on ownership, which means like they are assets um, and there is some monetary value, a financial value, uh, and most importantly, an appreciating value. Um, so when people create feature value, they can have access to the appreciating assets. We call it cheesily appreciate people with appreciating assets. So when you talk about ownership value, does that mean these tokens are equity in something or monetary value or like what does it actually mean? Exactly. So in DAOs, it would be like whatever the DAO is or the value is creating. and for Normal organizations, uh, traditional organizations is the cap table and it's equity, fractions of company. So it's not going to be like like stock options, but it's the fractions, bits of pieces of the company that you accumulate as you show up. And who decides like to give them? Is it from management or is it that anyone can give it to anyone? How is it? How is the distribution mm. to speak? Set will have some like kind of different areas as well, but on how like what is virtual as a contribution and there is several of them like where it could be your peers it could be um, the lead of the um the project or initiative it could be based on an algorithm of what that what good looks like 
um of all these possibilities we are starting firstly with um metrics the decision is not necessarily subjective but based on established metrics based on rules of what is impacting the company bottom line and that is through the processes of the company by the operation leads in companies it would map to as a role like generally they would say here are the things that we need to improve here are the things we need to do so people get it based on um their contribution to these company metrics so it's um subjective in the sense that it's set um and it's communicated clearly to the user, to the workers, what good looks like. Awesome. I want to come back to this later, but um, first, uh, I want to also hear about Seth, uh, about SourceCred, because I read up on it as well, and it looks very interesting. I ended up joining the Discord, but didn't have a lot of time to poke around there yet. Uh, so Seth, can you tell us a bit about SourceCred? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll, I'll start with the disclaimer that there are a lot of different opinions on what source cred is. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of conflict around that at times. Um, so this is just my perspective. Uh, but the broad strokes. Um, uh, so so the project started out uh, with uh, Juan Benet from Protocol Labs having beers with the founder and just talking about the problem of how to reward open source software contributors that were contributing to like Filecoin and other PL projects. Uh, and there's just no good way to do that. Uh, and so SourceCred was born as uh, a solution to that where <clears throat> um, basically uh, like uh, it uses the page rank algorithm, which uh, if you're Familiar, this is what Google uses to rank web pages. Um, <clears throat> and the idea is that uh, the input into the algorithm is different contributions and then um, uh, valuations on those contributions. So, for instance, like a, a pull request with some code, and then um, you know the validation is like whether that code is merged, uh, or maybe there's like an emoji response or like a comment on the pull request, that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> and the idea there was not to have purely objective metrics and not to have purely subjective evaluations, uh, but to try to be intersubjective. So you take these metrics as input, and then you also take the valuations as input, uh, run it through these fancy algorithms, and then you get uh, this intersubjective valuation, which better reflects what the community values. Um, and so, yeah, source cred. Um, uh, I've been contributing to it for like three, four years. Um, uh, we actually started, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so like we actually started uh, by paying contributors to work on the protocol uh, in something we called the cred experiments. And uh, we were paying contributors actually uh, around a million dollars a year um, for a little over two years. Uh, purely according to the algorithm, which was a really exciting and fun experiment that I got to participate in. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, we 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 did lose funding a um, little year and a half, a little, my timelines are always blurry, something like that. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, it's it, the project's kind of been in like low power mode um, and um, yeah, uh, just kind of quiet, but still around, people are still using it. 
And uh, yeah, I've got some ideas that I want to play with here when I get some Gitcoin money. Maybe I'll just Wait. leave it at maybe I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Did I? I must be misheard. You 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 paid a million dollars to all the contributors, right? Not to each one. Oh <laughs> right? no. Because no, I want to contribute no, no. now. I mean, I wanted to contribute anyway because it looks cool. But yes, can I contribute for a million dollars a year? Yeah. No, no, no. I probably wouldn't be here if it was a million dollars a year. I'd, I'd be on a beach somewhere. I mean, the um, way that crypto has been going, like if you pay them in SHIB or something, then yeah, I could see that being a million dollars a year. <laughs> but, uh, or per pay. Yeah. So sorry. Sorry. Yeah. To be more clear, it was, um, yeah, a million dollars a year to all the contributors. So amazing, so impressive because it's it's such an emerging economy and to be able to pay real money and to distribute it and even though, you know, you temporarily ran out of funds, it was funds that were there at some point and they were spent on people contributing. So that's cool. I really like that. I actually want to go deeper because I watched the video uh, with, I, I don't know who it is uh, in the video, but it was a really cool explanation, but it did get me a bit lost. So if you can walk me through this a little, little bit from what I understood is, by the way, I really like the, in the video said, instead of figuring out someone's replaceability cost to actually uh, see where the contributions lead and, you know, uh, compensate them for that. But um, there's, as far as I understand, several tokens, right? There's grain, there's, uh, there's cred and, and there's, and people stake grain, projects that they care about and then they can get more credit if those projects get done is, is that how it works can you explain a little bit because then i have a follow-up question about that system uh so yeah that was actually like um a proposed system that never got built um <clears throat> uh and so yeah not like a whole lot more to say about that although i do think it's a really good idea um that that someone could totally pick up and I see sort of similar ideas floating around uh, where people where people can like um, just sort of like uh, uh, speculate on what what will be valuable over time. Um, one th I will say uh, one thing that's kind of cool about how just the base algorithm works is um, <clears throat> and oh, just really quickly, like uh, so, cred is just. Uh, uh, the value, like basically a number uh, for like the valuation of a contribution. Uh, and then each contributor also has a cred score, uh, which is roughly just the sum of the uh, <clears throat> the different, their different contributions. And um, so the way it works is like, um, you know, uh, contributions can get updated over time as people like realize that they're more valuable or not. And so like there is actually kind of like a way you can speculate, um, you know, just via your contributions um, and you can get more grain. Uh, so grain is is just simply the token that we distributed, um, like according to cred scores. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because I wanted to, to ask him about how the system works, but I like the idea in general. I think there's a lot to it in terms of there being a dynamic where everyone's interested and everyone's succeeding and then the project succeeding, of course. But then I was also worried about this, the flip side of that in terms of, you know, if uh, people staking into projects that others are making have a stake in and those projects succeeding, then they might just create a bunch of empty projects or other useless projects that just there for kind of 
raising their own score and stuff, raising their own credit, so to speak. But overall, I think it's very interesting to create a system where there's, um, instead of this binary relationship of, let's say, employer, boss, whoever plays and the employee does, there where everyone kind of gets to be both the, the executor of a task and the, um, I guess, um, not quite the, the boss of the task, but kind of the requester of the task or supporter of the task. So I really want to see more people playing with those kind of models with the caveat that it needs to be protected against being gamified to uh, to detriment to the detriment of the mm-hmm. of the task at hand, right? Yeah, I mean, I could go on for a long time. I'll, I'll just try to keep it a little, a little brief. Um, so, I mean, I don't think gaming was actually um, as big an issue as a lot of people thought it was going to be. Uh, the algorithm was designed with the idea that it would be gamed and that it would just basically be like a never-ending cat and mouse game, right? Um, <clears throat> and the PageRank algorithm itself is sort of naturally resistant to gaming. That's why Google used it for the web pages. Um, and um, obviously, when you scale it up to like the size of a Google and there's billions of dollars involved, that gets totally gamed and it's a, a big problem. But like inside a community, it's kind of small enough that uh, if you're gaming, it's pretty noticeable. Uh, and so, yeah, we did find we did find some instances of gaming, like upvoting rings and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, for the most part, they got caught pretty quickly and it wasn't that big of a problem. Um, a bigger problem, uh, which I think maybe speaks to the sort of lar- larger themes of this panel is, um, you know, people were just gaming in the more sort of like general sense of playing politics and sort of like back scratching, uh, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, so there's, there's a lot, there's like a lot of like uh, unsolved problems around uh, governance and alignment that aren't just solved by the algorithm. That was like probably the biggest lesson that I learned. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I love the the concept of gamification in general, and then of course combating malicious gamification. So maybe we'll do a panel on that separately. It is a good topic, uh, but I like the idea that you said how the little gaming that was happening was quickly seen and stopped because it was so obvious, and people were, um, you know, putting attention on it. So I think that's a very good thing to talk about for for both of you guys, for all of us of how we can use reputation and appreciation, right? Both like the stick and the carrot to make sure that there's enough pressure for people to um, kind of play the good side of the game theory, right? To, to comply and to cooperate. Uh, any thoughts on how that's being done now and how that could be done better, whether using something source grads building or, or token appreciation is doing, or just in general, it doesn't have to be about anything specific, but Let's brainstorm a little. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think that there's tons of experiments going on in the space right now, uh, which are all really interesting. Uh, personally, I, I, I'm a big fan of governance minimization, um, like tweak the algorithm in SourceCred, for instance, uh, using only like one or two parameters, even if you can, if you can get away with it. Uh, that makes things a lot easier. Um, and then, yeah, there's also there's also all these like other really interesting mechanisms like, uh, you know, retroactive public goods funding, 
um, which I think uh, are making headway in alignment using mechanisms other than just like traditional KPIs in a company or something like that. Uh, I, I will say that like, I, I think I, I kind of came into the whole DAO space, like just sort of like super against corporations and KPIs and uh, TPS reports and the whole thing. Uh, and uh, I, like I've, I've been very humbled to realize like sort of like how many problems those solve and how we haven't like really solved them in other ways. Yeah, um, I totally agree with this anti-TPS report uh, ethos. That's how I came in as well and still believe in that despite all of the mainstreaming of crypto lately. And of course that's gonna continue. But uh, Gaia, I see you wanted to add, uh, happy to hear you as well. Sure. Um... Which aspect shall I kind of from the governance perspective or the metrics? So it's like it's very contextual, right? Like just just working on different contexts, like whether it's the community, whether it's a DAO, whether it's an existing company. Um, the needs are very different, and I'm sounding like kind of it depends, but it really depends how much governance. Um, who's taking the governance, whether you're trying to go into an existing uh, area right now and how would you how would you kind of blend the two things? Is like where my focus is at, which it has not been before. So we, I, tokens of appreciation is pretty new. So my focus has been this, the, um, the last eight months. But before that, like I would talk totally differently on the different governance models, like how you could, um, how you could like create, um, what is it, contributors to an existing thing rather than them being a host and like bringing whatever is necessary and like whatever needs to be started as like the creativity initiation versus like contributing to something that exists all of these like require, I think, evaluation. And here I am going right now, like to the really to the other edge where uh, from everything is new, everything can be started, everyone can be a host. I'm going to a place uh, where everything is set up, there are rigid KPIs and it is highly scaled already. And how would you bring the elements of um, ownership um, token-based um, reputation slash appreciation to a rigidly structured place. And here is where I'm starting from, where it really makes sense like to be able to um, have the stakeholder of the organization who is rigid to adopt um, some of the principles of sharing, co-creation, ownership, um, governance, you're playing with the context of what exists and like what matters to them. And in that context, what matters is very much. And I'm going like to the really very edge, which is called deskless workers. It's not even like creative knowledge workers. It's people who are, who are um, perhaps doing repetitive stuff that is um, like looking, selling in a shop floor or cleaning in the street or delivering um, the packets, the people who we interact all the time in real life who are 
the frontline people, but they don't necessarily know even the principles that exist that we have lived with. So hence, to be able to enter into a context, um, there is a blend of like Web3 that is adjusted and works with the principles of what exists. So as a start, that's where like performance slash existing rules, what matters, uh, setting that and adopting that, but then changing the rule of, okay, if this is important and if people are contributing to that, then what is the take back rather than the salary only? So there is the salary, but on top of it, is, is it possible to have, first of all, it's the ownership. It would come where it's like kind of a stake in that thing that they created, which is the company feature value. But then governance aspect comes later when you have an, enough accumulated of those things where you can say like, here, now um, there is a way after there's an accumulation of people holding these tokens, you can then say, Let's try with governance. Let's try with um, decisions that can be made. I had to be totally transparent and admit that it will never be like a board level um, governance, but it will be leveled governance, like a like as it, it, as if it is in a sub DAO. Things that are local to the people who are working, things that are in the vicinity of what they are working. Um, if you were talking eight months ago, I wouldn't talk the way I <laughs> I'm in. But today, I really believe this is a way to um, almost um, make it more relevant to a wider group of people with the context that exists. Hence, uh, some of the um, psychological advancements that we experienced working in working in internet native organizations can also be experienced by other people. So I'm curious, do you find that among these types of deskless workers, is there more resistance to uh, sort of web three blockchain concepts and, and all of these things you try to introduce? Or do you see there might be some understanding since, you know, uh, for example, myself being an, an immigrant and of course a child of immigrants, I'm very familiar with remittances, right? And all the other uh, methods mm -hmm. of having to send money back and, and use all kinds of uh, available services and look for better services. And I found that in those kinds of groups like my own, there's a lot of um, adaptiveness to new technologies because we have to, because the old ways are so expensive and cumbersome. But at the same time, I understand that, of course, they're more removed from spending their days sitting behind a laptop, you know, in a cafe and, and checking out airdrops and NFTs. So have you, have you found, what have you found about this kind of um, workforce and these kind yeah. of people? That's a great question. And I was surprised because like there were assumptions, but probably because it's not even, you know, the IT workers or it's not the software developers, it's not the headquarters people so that was it was a curiosity whether people will even know when i started to like talk and like ask uh, of what they think and um there is a very curious blend of these people who are who have like holdings in uh, crypto they know and because of the i think the segment of the people who are working in this type of 
gigwag or hospitality or deskless. There, there is a bit of like there is something about this work that is transitional. It's never a career thing. It's not like they are in it for 10 years to level up in an organization. They are there creating in a very honest and like performance and um, showing up every day. But it's not necessarily a career work, which attracts certain type of people where they want to make a living. They are happy to contribute to the organization in the in the setup that exists. They will not be there for 10 years. And these type of people are generally uh, entrepreneurs in the sense that they are they are curious about different things. They are doing more than more than one job sometimes. Like it can be a delivery driver, but it, they can have they can be playing with crypto, especially in the service or hospitality like when i was interviewing there were many people who knew a lot maybe not those but lots on DeFi aspect because they are they are entrepreneurs they are hustlers and that's what i found among the deskless workers there is definitely a combination that understands um the deep perhaps as most of the people through the um DeFi aspect rather than the governance and organization so I feel it's like a good, good. Um, not sure if I've got lost guy for a second words my sound, but um, I just, first of all, I've been freelancing for over a decade at least and I definitely get the entrepreneurial spirit and, and just, you know, uh, completely different mindset, completely different mode of existence. And I'm wondering, you know, we're talking about reputation and appreciation, this is for both of you guys. Um, I'm wondering if this could be replacing the, the resume model, the employment, the career ladder, right, that we just talked about, that guys just talked about. Um, can we create a system with Web3 that maybe will be able to come to Web2 as well of people earning uh, reputation, whether scores or tokens or soul bound tokens or whatever it is, and appreciation recognition, and that becomes their uh, sort of resume uh, wherever they go, right? Without having to apply to specific jobs, maybe even, and definitely without having to extend like hundreds of resumes everywhere. <laughs> what do you guys think of the perspective of that? Set, take away, you're, you're in, in the field, right? And yeah. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I mean, so like, I, I think, I think already resumes are going away kind of, um, I haven't had to send one in a few years, thankfully, but uh, from what I hear, resumes are becoming less and less relevant, even for more traditional jobs. Uh, you know, things like LinkedIn, you know, for instance, uh, are becoming more important <clears throat> uh, with, with you know, and they have, I haven't logged on to that in years either, but, you know, they have like credentials and like, you know, stuff that you can, and recommendations on there. <clears throat> um, and, you know, already I, you know, I, you know, the reputation economy is, is like taking over large swaths uh like uh, of the of the regular economy right <clears throat> um you know we already have like the you know gig work more and more gig work uh, on all these different platforms all of which have ratings and reputations uh you know like 
you're an Uber driver, uh, you know, you're an Airbnb host, uh, like you're a dog walker, you, you know, you have ratings for that too. Uh, and, uh, I think that I actually, for all the like downsides of that, I like, it actually makes me really hopeful because, uh, I do think that that like provides an avenue to a much, uh, much better system. Uh, the the main the main pro and the main problems with it actually can are like can be addressed by Web three in a way that actually they might not be able to in Web two uh, just just because of like how the incentives and like legal system is set up and everything um, <clears throat> uh, you know like um, you know for instance like it's criminal that uh, you can't distribute equity to gig workers. Uh, we had, yeah, you have companies like, you know, Airbnb actually tried to do that a little bit and like send, send shares of Airbnb to hosts. But like the fact of the matter is like they did that after they IPO'd and their stock price is going down and like almost all of the value got, you know, taken up by private equity investors before they went public, which is this, which is standard for basically every one of these platforms, uh, <laughs> um, you know, like, uh, like if if those hosts had gotten you know shares of airbnb when it was like on the come up then you would have had like a bunch of airbnb millionaires that could have quit their like crappy day jobs that they hate and done something better with their lives um but you know we can't do that because the sec wants to protect you from uh becoming a millionaire <laughs> obviously they're doing other good things to protect people but like the fact that they don't do the work to just make that happen is like is is actually just really depressing but also like an opportunity for web3 um you know we have and you know we have we totally have the opportunity to like launch these new networks uh where people not only get equity but like importantly uh they own their reputation like the data of their reputation right uh, you know like your your uber your uber rating is like super valuable to you you've like worked for like maybe a long time to build that up uh, but you can't take it with you. You're locked into that platform. And like, sure enough, now that, you know, the shareholders like want, want their return on investment, they're squeezing the drivers and that's becoming less and less profitable. And that's basically just the uh, expected course of all these platforms. Uh, and so, yeah, that combined with the fact that we're doing all these experiments in governance and coming up with new ways of doing things. And like, just culturally, we're creating a large group of people that are open to that and like open to new ways of working and have different mindsets. Um, that's like a really large group of people that could be like creating a much better system and just leapfrogging Airbnb, despite the fact that they have uh, far more resources. Uh, so yeah, anyway, yeah, I'm so I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, I'm bullish. Ironically, I used to host Airbnb in my place um, with my roommate, um, partly as a business, but really mostly for the culture, believe it or not. And um, the reputation was a big deal and maybe even too big of a deal, but uh, yeah, like you can't really take it anywhere. And, um, and there were some, I remember, definitely remember in 2018 or so, there were some Airbnb competitors in Web3, but they went nowhere because of the mode that Airbnb built, basically. And um, we'll see. It might happen, but it's it's very hard to 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 take over. It never can affect something like Airbnb or Google or you know so many others. Um, but it would be interesting if they you know did like an ICO or 
or okay. just a random drop to everyone who ever like booked uh, hotels.com or you know booking.com or whatever expedia.com and just drop them a share of airbnb i wonder what that mm-hmm. would do for their business um but we'll that's, never know that's kind of what we are heading for <laughs> to be like just bluntly like if, if, if it has to happen like my approach is if it has to happen it happens on the high hill so i'm i'm going up the high hill where it is about distribution of fractions of the company based on the reputation so that's what the tokens of appreciation is back to it there will be some implications of um of who gets it which where the reputation or appreciation comes in like what are the rules to get it which can be defined um and i think at that point whoever is giving the like without without a um, community first approach or a DAO first approach, uh, the equity or the future value is already, um, there are rules of how it's distributed. So that rules don't really, um, at the moment, encapsulate some of this very short and sporadic movement, contribution-based movements. And I feel it's not necessarily like an evil thing. It's because the systems to do that don't exist. Like even um, for most of the deskless workers, they are not career workers. They are not going to be sitting there three to five years, which most of the equity-based plans go for these type of people. So there is a gap in between the what are the rules to get the equity and that rules are very almost like you know before digital it was paper it's, it's almost in between paper to digital where there is no system to kind of cover the rules of the work that they are doing um, and hence if we define the rules and at least there is the systems like some of these fractions can be dispersed through reputation and your first question was does it replace resume? And I agree with Seth, like in the type of work that um, we are looking for, it's, there is resume counts, but not necessarily so much. It's the attitude, it's showing up. It's like, it's the contribution that matters. And it's the daily performance if you're doing it right now, because it's also like not really long-term contracts. If you're not showing up, you might lose it. So as long as you show up. So hence, um, appreciation and reputation, uh, the two sides of the same coin in my um, focus uh, does replace and is even a better way to like fit the type of sporadic fractional work. And we're aiming for, we're aiming for like that appreciation tokens are owned by the individual so they can, they can, choose to show they can choose to show they can choose to show it as a um, way to explain who they are and once like we are at scale um as well as like other people uh, other other organizations other ways of using so i'm not alone we are not alone there are several people are doing so i think i feel like there is like a systemic way to uh, jump onto that you know, as you were saying this, I caught myself thinking that I remember working several projects and obviously, you know, hunting for different airdrops, trying to make money, trying to get rich in crypto. 
less and less over the years. I mean, sure, I still want to do it and still do it to some extent, but I've noticed that the really successful projects and people behind them, whether, you know, real or, or rock pools, were all reputation-based. Uh, whereas if you build the reputation of someone who, that, that is trusted in the space, you get invited to participate in the kind of projects that just kind of give you the equity that makes you an instant millionaire as soon as the project succeeds. And I'm, I'm feeling that this is a more universal experience than just me alone, that more and more people are getting into crypto and they're going through the, the phase of just trying to get as much money as they can and whatever teaching ways they can, eventually realize that just building your reputation, building projects, building your network, building those connections yeah. is what gets you rich and also gets you that satisfaction of actually doing something cool. Have you experienced similar? Well, I think I'm very biased on this, like rather than like my personality colors my view and I always look for compounding effect, long-term relationships long-term thinking and in that sense like it's okay like the way i see the world is it's okay to be fractional it's okay to be short term short term with your contribution as long as you can compound and accumulate them so that's how i see the word world and that's how i see the examples of um what exists it it does like it it does generally like there is some credibility of your past associations. It can even be like if you are um, associated with like some can be like negative reputation where if you were doing uh, related to things that don't really um, align with the type of the project or type of the initiative you're going for, it can be a negative reputation as well. Um, so I agree, like, I think it's, it's the compounding and long-term effect, even if it's like just small fractions of um, contributions to multiple things. Seth, what do you think? Yeah, that's my general sense of how the space works. And um, yeah, actually, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I think that's like better than the traditional world in a lot of ways. Um, I, I, I don't even uh, think uh, like, like degen farming airdrops is necessarily bad. Um, you know, uh, it's, you know, you know, like you said, it's giving people their start. It's giving people some money so that they can level up and start doing more rel uh, relevant work. Um, when people like just hate on airdrops so hard and, it's like, oh, the worst thing that ever happened. Like, no, like how many people like, you know, in the developing world got five grand or something or 20 grand that they never would have gotten any other way? Uh, how many projects did that seed? Probably far more than um, any kind of uh, retroactive public goods funding, actually. Even it's a shotgun approach and it's starting to like get ugly with just sort of like the profession, like the sort of in professionalizing of it and sort of exploitation obviously that's bad but like i do actually think that that pipeline is uh kind of uh is is just is very interesting and hopeful in some interesting ways um and like actually might be a a, a fruitful sort of angle to tackle this like 
instead of fighting the airdrop hunter, meet them where they're at and help them along their journey. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. I'll just leave it at that. Um, if you remember, it chime in, let me know. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not hitting an airdrop since I like money, uh, especially like the ability to afford things. So I'm, I'm very happy with airdrops, especially. Uh, some really fun ones, not to show any specific coins, but I love it when airdrop is based on how much gas you spent or uh, or uh, how you, how much you got wrecked in uh, in NFTs uh, that went you know worthless. It kind of reminds you of oh, I suffered through this. It hurts, but there's a little bit of a sweetener. Yeah, I yeah. believe like even being existent in an ecosystem is a value as well. So airdrops are a great value to like just even the rule of existing and supporting the ecosystem and what that support means might be an algorithm, but just being there is a value add to the ecosystem. So hence it makes sense to have airdrops. Okay, so let's let's do a couple of things. Last questions. Um, first one for both of you is just kind of on topic, but sort of general forward looking, um, I guess, uh, prediction making in terms of let's assume we're going to this bull run. Let's assume it's going to go for around two, three years. Once the dust settles, what will the reputation and appreciation space in DAOs and outside of DAOs look like? What do you see as some of the things that emerge that are going to stick around? I'm going to like, so with the lens that I have, I feel like this is, um, this might not be necessarily like a bit out of the beer bull run cycle of the web three only now now because i'm seeing the blend just because of the the bear cycle web three start like most of the people start to blend into the other type of uh, places it started like years ago so hence there's the fruits of it right now like um the hybrid of um reputation appreciation and it being called like loyalty 3.0, engagement 3.0. I feel it's very natural progression of a vertical of what uh, engagement reward systems were. So that will definitely bearable will survive because there is already a existing value creation. And what you're trying to do is upgrade that system to a more equitable participatory way. And I feel there is lots of room for so many players and um it really aligns with like how the world is going in my world of view where it's more cooperative where it's more community-based where it's more participatory um and hence it will i believe it will live regardless of the two-year bubble uh, cycles uh yeah so um yeah i'm still a reputation bull um i like i've been i've been i've been shouting from the rooftops that it's all about reputation since like 
2018, 2019. And, uh, seeing all these projects coming into the reputation space now is very validating. Uh, and I think that that's going to continue, uh, to become like, and, and, and evolve into something more sophisticated and, uh, and workable. Uh, I think, uh, we are, there's, I, I think that like, We've invested enough into uh, like new reputation systems and into like new governance models, reward systems, um, and like most of them are failing. But I think that that wave is 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 going to produce a few winners uh, that move the space forward. Um, you know, like a couple projects that like I find really interesting are like you know uh, coordinate or praise. Um, <clears throat> You know, uh, and um, I think a big part of that is the the data being on chain and being more available for uh, other people to like build off of. And I think we're going to start to see that like thesis of composable Lego start to come together. Uh, I also think that these experiments in retroactive public goods funding, um, you know, like at Optimism, for instance, uh, uh, are are going to start making headway. Uh, we might be see some big failures, but um, what I'm seeing is really impressive. Uh, and I think we're going to start figuring stuff out. Um, I'm, I, I've grown a little sour on governance, maybe a little bit, but I think that like, that's just because I've, I've, I've still got PTSD I'm working through. Um, actually, I think that we're making progress on governance too. Uh, and that's going to be necessary, like a big unlock that's going to like be necessary for a lot of other things too. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know, just uh, sort of generally bullish. Awesome. Yeah, I am too. Uh, I, I think there's so much will behind it and so much being done by you guys, of course, and by everyone else that I think we're going to see a real kind of network of reputation tools and, and just uh, prominence of reputation and governance or reputation in um, in the community uh, to an extent that we have never seen in or outside of Web3. So I'm excited to see it. Um, maybe we'll do another show back then to see it. But uh, to completely wrap up the show, I always ask this thing at the end uh, for each of you guys. Uh, think of uh, one person or multiple people on Twitter that uh, you really like, that was really cool, that we should follow. I'll try to find them and follow them now. And also, um, it's, it's just cool to, to get to know new people uh, who are doing cool stuff in the space. There's so many. And I love that you, like, being in this for several cycles, you mentioned some of the projects, like Praise and Coordinate, as well as, like, maybe a few projects and the people, like, um, had... Nintenik, um, Bejir, if still it's going on, um, Disco and Evan in the space, um, playing identity, but also different types of reputation. Um, so Evan, Nintenik, um, Zaku, um, Seth. <laughs> And there's a new wave of people coming, which are like kind of in the loyalty 3.0 space. Like they are kind of, it is reputation engagement, but for um, 
kind of a new package of like what the tools were. So I think we will hear more of like um, ourselves, TYB, CoCrate, um, and a bunch of other like 50 other companies and uh, projects coming along. And it's very important, like there's space for everyone. And it's like the, as Seth said, the Lego blocks uh, makes the thing adoptable. So yeah, there are several players, different Lego blocks. Yeah, send me, both you guys send me uh, the names and I'll try to follow them and then tell them they're awesome. Um, keep it coming. Go ahead, up. Oh man, I feel like I'm totally just gonna like leave out so many people. Um, but just off the top of my head, um, yeah, so uh, Spencer Graham, uh, definitely a DAO thought leader, uh, one of the co-founders of HATS, which I forgot to mention a minute ago, actually. I'm super bullish on HATS. Um, decentralizing those permissions is something that um, is going to unlock, I think, more than people realize. Um, yeah, also, like, a big fan of uh, R&DAO lately, uh, Daniel Espina. Uh, it's a good follow there. <clears throat> uh, yeah, there's there's some cohorts of DAOs or projects with with coordination technology that's like super serious, <laughs> like almost scares me a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I'll I'll just leave it at that. I guess. Oh, and uh, Gaia, actually, uh, like I'm super glad to be on the panel because like I, I I've been curious to chat with you for a long time. So uh, guys, good we are. Same, same. Like we are, then we are like consistent uh, contributors and consistently in, in interaction with Seth. But that's the first time we are having like a voice-based conversation. I'm super stoked. I love it how you mentioned uh, half of the people you mentioned are people that were already been on this space and who we love and who are friends and and of course hats I, i'm friends with a lot of people there i contributed to them myself or tried to at least uh, to my <laughs> the best of my ability um great people uh great projects too um so yeah it's good to hear that people speaking of appreciation and reputation it's good to hear that we know some of the same people whose reputation speaks for themselves and who we appreciate i think that kind of speaks volumes about how far we've gone in in appreciation and, and reputation in this space. All right. Um, with all that in mind, it's it's already pushing hours. So let's wrap it up here. Thank both of you. Uh, this has been recorded. So for those who missed it, can catch it later on the major streaming platforms like Spotify, Podcast, etc. Uh, and we'll be back next week, same time with a new topic and new guests. Um, but not saying goodbye. We'll definitely hang out again. We'll talk again. Uh, love the space. Love talking about different things in it. Again, reputation appreciation is a topic that I think is very important. I think we'll see a lot of it um, really emerging as at the forefront foreground of crypto. So looking forward to that. Um, have a good rest of the day, everyone. And uh, Seth and Guy, huge thanks for coming for joining me. Bye bye. Thank you, folks. Bye.